Welcome to Rebels Recap. Your Rebels on you. Join Robin Vogt, Scott Inch, and Brian Fontaine as they break down the animated universe of a galaxy far, far away. to the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network Rebels Recap. That's right, we're here in the second half of Season 4. Highly anticipated. Mr. Dave Filoni had us going for such a long time. Dave, why would you do this to us? Well, guess what? Now the time has come, and we are all here. The panel is here. Let me first throw it over over the seas to across the pond. Mr. Scott Inch. Scott, how's it going this evening? It's going very well, sir. Ah, very good. And who else is here on the panel? There's a guy named Mr. Fontaine, I think. Good afternoon. Good morning. Wherever you are in the world right now. <laughs> and, <laughs> of course, there's the guy who I've been wanting to talk Star Wars Rebels with. Haven't had the chance to do it. Now he's here. It's Mr. Christopher James Letty, Vintage Viewport. Chris, how's it going, my friend? It's going great. Hello, all. Oh, this is, you know, let's just get right into this conversation. So many great things happen to kick off this second half. I'm not even going to waste any time. First episode, Jedi Knight. And you want to talk about an emotional packing episode, Brian. We lose the man himself in this first episode heading back into season four here. I, I think before we even go, I think we got to give a 10 second moment of silence to Mr. Can Jarris. Yeah, the, you you said it, Robin. That this was emotionally packed. Uh, I think this is a lot of. Uh, they did not disappoint whatsoever. And Scott, you and I have talked multiple different times before on Rebels Recap. You know, Chris has only been on a few times. Like, Kanan's our boy. I mean, like, he's like the character that I've most related to. My, you know, for myself, I feel like he and I are at a similar point you know, in our journey, in our life, and, and you're kind of into, as you grow older and you have children, you start to enter that, you're you're more the mentor than the mentee, and this this episode, you really started to see Scott Kanan's life kind of coming full circle, and, and maybe some of the things of returning to, to Caleb Doom, and cutting his hair, and shaving his beard, and losing his lightsaber, and having to go back to to his sidearm blaster. I mean, Scott, what did I? I lost it. I, I watched this episode twice, and even once more this morning before we recorded, and I just I just welled up. I mean, I'm a fairly emotional guy, Scott, but oh, pulled at the heartstrings on this one. Oh, I was crying when when that scene happened. Just because we've been on this such a journey with this character from. A new dawn, the comics, and I just feel like there's we've had so much history with this character, and just to to see him go out like doing what a Jedi does, puts his life before others. It, it just hurt. It hurts so bad. Yeah, that's a really interesting point, and I think Brian, you touched upon it right there. Is that you know the the journey of Kanan Jarrus, and you know obviously you have that connection as well to this character, and I feel like we've all been introduced to him throughout canon in so many different ways. Chris, for you, I mean, I feel like, and you and I, again, I, I said it before, we haven't talked much about it, but what was your take on just seeing Kanan Jarrus now leave 
this Rebels crew and now technically leave the canon of Star Wars in the animated form. <laughs> it was it was heart wrenching. It was it was I was very sad. We've seen almost his whole story from, like Scott said, from the comics to a new dawn all the way through Rebels. We've had this long relationship so to speak with Kanan and we know we've seen what he's gone through and the fact that he was willing to sacrifice himself for the betterment of his, his family was just the epitome of what Kanan Jarrus is, is all about. Yeah. Robin, did you catch like right before it happened, he was kind of engulfed and I, I, of course we should have probably let it off and it's the episode has been out for about a week, but full spoiler here, by the way, <laughs> don't hopefully you're not too mad at the four of us at this point, but Robin, did you catch the part where right before the flames engulfed him on that fuel pod there that his eyesight came back? Yeah. I mean, number one, that, that was the big thing for me. And I think that's what emotionally hit me the most was you see Hera's reaction, which for me was the one thing that got me really, got my eyes tearing up terrible. I got pepper in my eyes, obviously. And I, and then just again, like his eyesight came back in that moment just for Hera, for him to see her one last time, almost as a way of saying, you know what, I'm doing this for you, Hera. You know, almost in a kind of a way like Hera says, I love you, and Kanan really never said it back. It was kind of like that I love you moment. This is what I'm doing to protect you and the rest of the Rebels going forward. And just, uh, I'm telling you, Dave Filoni is such a master at his craft. That that moment, I almost got taken away from Star Wars Rebels and that scene and everything that encompassed this season, and I was brought right into the movie theater in that moment. And that had so many cinematic elements to it. This is what I love about Star Wars Rebels and what I'm going to miss so much. Scott, oh man, I just, like, this finally hit it home. Like, we're in the we're in the home stretch here. And you you, know, you said it well. I mean, these are, you know, there, there's a lot of our fans out there that that first grew up. Some of us are original original trilogy guys or girls. And but I feel like this crew, like for a lot of us that, yeah, I'm, words are escaping in me right now at the point, Scott. But I just like we we saw that we see we saw a beginning, we saw a middle, and now and now we're seeing the end, and it's. Uh, these 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 last couple episodes here are just gonna. I, I don't know where they go from here, but it has to. This wasn't this wasn't the end of the story. It doesn't end with with Kanan sacrificing himself. No, it doesn't. I mean, we've kind of got the Ezra story still to go on, and we've still got his story to complete. And I, judging by what happened in the second episode, we're kind of going to get that Morbius. Is it Morbius? Yeah, storyline from. Clone Wars playing into Rebels now and seeing how all that connects. That's what I'm looking forward to, what's coming up in the next about two weeks. So you can see about a week and then a week later we'll get the final three-part episode. Yeah, that's an important element of this season. I've, you know, Obviously in the trailer we saw a lot of that. But Chris, just to throw it over to you quickly on this part, You know, I think that we talk about Kanan and we talk about his sacrifice and we talk about the emotional impact, but... There were some clues here and there that kind of had me like, oh, now wait a second, hold on, ah, doing my research here, hold on a sec. There was a specific loaf wolf that makes an appearance uh, within these two episodes who speaks to, to Ezra and throws him the tablet, basically, or the piece of the Jedi Temple, 
and there was a specific mark upon this Lothwolf's head that seemed a little familiar to a lot of us Star Wars Rebels fans, and, you know, specifically to Kanan himself. Chris, your take on whether Kanan truly is out of the picture here, or maybe he still exists within the Force in some other way. Oh, I truly believe that he is one with the Force now, uh, whether it be whether he is actually the Loth Wolf or if he's influencing the Loth Wolf through the Force, that's a, you know, maybe we'll find that out. But, you know, it's just really, it's really interesting going back to the fact that we lose Kanan in this episode. You know, we still have several more to go. It's really telling us that, you know, this is Ezra's story and, and how is he going to deal with the loss of Kanan? What really got me emotionally wasn't necessarily Kanan's act of sacrifice. It was when the crew got back to the base and Kanan or uh, Ezra just walks up to Zeb and, and says he's he's gone. That that was tough. That was tough. Even right now, like for me thinking about that, you know, dealing with that loss, it really translates to real life. You know, I never thought that I could get so emotional with a a cartoon a kid's cartoon but you know it really does hit home it's just it's it's funny how that works it is it's an interesting balance and brian that's one of the aspects i think when we're discussing about the loath wolves and we're talking about that connection to canaan in some way chris brings up a great point that moment with ezra and zeb i know i'm kind of going off track from what the original question was myself but that moment for me when ezra walks up to zeb and he says he's gone that was like a complete callback for me to A New Hope when Luke is sitting there with Leia and he sits there and he says, well, he's gone now. Mm -hmm. it, it's such a nice callback, again, cinematically to Star Wars and those same themes that kind of show up. And maybe we'll see those same themes with the Loth Wolves and maybe Kanan finds a connection in there. You know, Chris brought up some great points there and I feel like every individual is different. You know, even as a podcast network, we all have different interests and things that interest us. Our fans and listeners all have different things that they gravitate towards Star Wars about, things they like and dislike. But I think even to use Chris's point of going back uh, to make this, you know, real life, we all deal with grief differently. And you saw that and they made really good points on Rebels Recon with this, that Sabine and Zeb, they got angry. Hera just had inconsolable grief. She thought it was her fault. Chopper. Chopper was at his best in this episode. I feel like he was there for Hera. And I, I still would love to know what he actually said to Hera when they're in the, the cave there. And, and, you know, Kanan's artifacts are still there. And Ezra is afraid. And, some of those things worry about me about Ezra going forward because we know there's going to be an interaction with Palpatine that 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 makes it so intriguing for me to something to look forward to. I know we're not really getting to that point, but everybody deals with things differently. And I feel like each this second episode of this two episode arc was more about everybody going out, realizing what Kanan means to them and then coming back. And now they're a stronger group as a result, even though they're one weaker this isn't a, a you know addition by subtraction by any means but i think kanan's always going to be there so that's you know some really good things but there was a couple of moments here before scott i want to throw it back over to you but I, I also feel like this was some of kanan's best 
I mean, he was there to give advice to Ezra, to say, Ezra and Sabine, the force is with you. I, I chuckled so bad, Scott, when I heard him refer to all the kids thought of that with the Lothbat gliders. And I love the fact that they had the rebel fanfare a little bit when Kanan is taking out those stormtroopers. And I know, Scott, I know a couple fans out there have had a little bit of issue with the way that Hera was perceived in this episode and the truth serum and stuff. But I, f- I feel like that was a vehicle of what needed to be there. And I feel like when all the chips were on the table, when it was ready for him to have his final moment, Scott, I feel like they they let the kids cartoon aspect added that and they let both of these characters have the moment that they deserved Clone Wars was on Cartoon Network so they were able to call me about adult but Disney SD can with Rebels being on there they can kind of vaguely disappear from being a kid and actually just go into a wee bit more grown up the truth is I'm sure like she was drunk obviously it wasn't but she this no one even though throughout the episode a few times you knew this was Kanan's going to Kanan was going to go I mean We've all spoke about it, but we thought Kanan was going to go. That final moment between Hera and Kanan where she actually confessed her love to him, that got me. Because we've even the way, like I'm going back to New Dawn, the way the two of them interacted there, there was this flirtiness with them. And to actually see that kind of culminate in this episode where even though Kanan never said it, he knew deep down he did love her. And the same for Hera, and it was just nice to get that kind of bit of closure, which was needed for this particular storyline. It's a really interesting point because we were almost teased on that closure on multiple occasions. You know, those opportunities where Hera and Kanan could have said those words, but didn't. So to do it at this time right now, and to put Kanan forward in that direction, Chris, I feel is is the right way to do it. The way that they put Kanan out. I know a lot of people... They were unsure. There's still a lot of people in the community who are unsure about the way that Filoni took out Kanan. It's like, wow, that's just so much in one moment. But at the same time, if you want to continue to move the story forward and you want to push these characters in a direction where I said it on the la- on, a, on hyperspace to the good people over there, if you want to get the chance to put them on the shelf for a little bit, you know, this is a really good way of doing it and to give it the emotional gravitas it, it deserves. Oh, completely agree. You know that Filoni has been planning this out for a long time. And, and on Rebels Recon, he he always says, just trust me, just trust me, because he knows he knows what he's doing. And the story group, they know what they're doing as far as the writing goes. They need to make it impactful. When you lose a character like that, you don't want them just lost for no good reason. This loss is going to impact every single one of those characters in a different way and, and push them probably to places that they never thought that they would go to within that universe, but places that the audience maybe thought that they would never go to. That's why I think the sacrifice kind of way to go out was really the only way for him to go out, in my opinion. If he went out doing something to a lesser degree i don't think it would have been as important or as impactful you know to the the whole overall story and robin and i think you know chris brings up that point and we you know zeb and sabine are the voice of the viewer and they you know they say out loud what we're supposed to realize is 
Keenan completed the mission, and he did. And it, in the moment, it didn't hit me, and it didn't, it didn't resonate with me because I'm so worried about losing the character of Kanan. But my God, Robin, we're gonna see very, very, very angry Thrawn. <laughs> <laughs> Let's, yeah, I mean, that's the best part about this entire two episode i guess you could say it's an arc in a way because they kind of cross into each other very well which i've loved so far and i cannot wait to see how they keep pushing that forward the second half but you're right this is the thrawn that i think we were kind of hoping for in season three a little bit more the more aggressive like i'm going to deal with you when i get back like almost like a vaderish style tone to him and obviously we know based on what we've seen play out in these first two episodes to lead off the sec- the second half here, he's talking with Palpatine. He's got a pretty clear idea of what the message is going forward and, and what the Empire wants to do going forward at the same time. We hear Krennic mentioned as well, so we're getting those little name drops here and there in different places, and I think Thrawn is not happy about it. And for Price to have gone out, and yes, she eliminated a Jedi, which she was very proud about, and I'm sure Vader would be very proud of, at the same time, she just destroyed everything that he had worked towards on Lothal and his TIE Defender, his Death Star project, dare I say, um, and try and just eliminated all that from the picture. So Thrawn is going to be a beast going forward. He's going to be somebody to really watch. And in terms of trying to wrap up the season, Brian, you brought it up to me before um, in a discussion. It's going to be fascinating to see how they are able to take that character and keep them within the canon with everything. And, and Chris, you know, one thing that we've always worried about is is how are they going to tie up some of these loose ends and, and make it not seem so obvious, but obviously we know the TIE Defender doesn't make it to the original trilogy, and I mean, this was just a perfect way and a very subtle way of kind of giving us that opportunity. Oh, absolutely. I, it's It's really interesting. At first, I was really wondering where that whole storyline was going to go because we didn't see it in the original trilogy they had to come up with a you know a realistic you know meaningful kind of way to show us how thrawn's plan gets gets foiled just because of the way he is i figured there was no way that anything he was going to do was going to get squashed and it's just kind of funny that his own you know one of his own people basically creates this problem for him and makes things so much worse for, for him going forward. And it's really, it'll be interesting to see where Thrawn ends up at the end of this, the series. If he, if he does stick, stick with us and stays in the canon, I'm really curious to see what, what happens there. And, and Scott, I think one thing too, to go back to the Thrawn novel is, I think where it adds more to this interaction that we're anticipating is essentially each of these characters help make each other. I mean, they're the ones that were kind of, to a certain extent, uh, Price was the one that was kind of plotting and scheming and uh, behind the scenes that, oh, man, that's it's just it's another reason to go and read those canon novels. Yeah, because in that novel, you see how much where Thrawn comes from, and the one person I would like to show up before the end, though, is Eli. Oh, yeah. That's a character that I really, really, really want to see. Where that ends up, though, we've got this next Thrawn novel coming out shortly, Thrawn Alliances, so we'll get more. Hopefully, that's going to fill in a 
gap set after Rebels. Who knows? So maybe after Rebels, we actually get more Thrawn in canon uh, in that book. Or maybe they, like, back in the Throne, uh, the Throne novels back in the old days, in the Aspire universe, he was sent off to the, the extended, the unknown region, so that's why he's not in the original trilogy. I can explain that part as well. But going back to the point, Price, um, yeah, I do like the fact that Price got a big telling off from Thrawn for what she'd done. That was important, and even in the, the, the Thrawn novel, you could tell she was in that kind of manipulative bit of the way she was, and just to see how that's came over to Rebels, it's just great. That's a really important aspect of the canon that now Dave Filoni has taken Brian, and he's been able to finally kind of tie loose ends with some aspects of the canonized novels. And let me say this, it's been a conversation that Scott and I have had. We've been wondering where canon really ties in to the cinematic universe, but you know what? The canon's done such a fantastic job, I feel, with Star Wars Rebels, these first two episodes specifically, taking aspects of those canon novels and making them just shine through in uh, Star Wars Rebels the second half so far. I don't know, guys. Any other final thoughts about this this episode in general or anything coming up that we're anticipating or looking forward to? I think Palpatine. Palpatine. And the Vasilka's coming back as well. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, that would be pretty awesome. (laughs) I'll take that one. So my, my... My final two things that I want to mention is I'm going to not even in the episode. But I'm going to go to Rebels Recon and Andy Gutierrez. Do you guys notice what shirt she was wearing? Oh, yeah. The Ahsoka this morning. Yeah. The Ahsoka, her universe shirt. So I think that she's very uh, we love Andy Gutierrez. She's great. And, uh, you know, she's one of us not only working at Lucasfilm, but she's also a fan. So yeah. I thought that was interesting. And the other part, anybody that knows me knows that I love Shore Troopers, and she just happened to be standing next to Shore Trooper armor at the end of the Rebels <laughs> Recon episode there. So I was like, yes! Nice. If I ever get a chance to walk the halls of Lucasfilm, I'm going to be walking out with that armor underneath my arm, and hopefully the security guards don't tackle me. Oh, did that ever tell you? I should have met her at Star Wars Celebration. You did not say that. Yeah, I met her at Star Wars Celebration. I've got a picture with her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> just throw that in there buddy yeah i just thought after that yeah we we already lost kanan and now you're throwing that salt in the wound too i do apologize <laughs> go, go drink some tea i just had tea <laughs> all right rob this is going off the rails i think it's that time uh you know what it's not going off the rails we like to pick on scott inch when we get the chance but we'd like to pick on scott inch even more when it comes to this time it's a little thing we like to call Plug time. Plug time. That's right here from the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. Rebels recap. Let's throw it on over to the guy across the pond, Mr. Scott Inch. Where can the good people find you across social media? Uh, you can find me on Facebook at Scott Inch or at Twitter at Scott Inch 85. Mr. Chris Letty, where can they find you? Vintage Viewport on Twitter and Instagram and Christopher James Letty on Facebook. Uh, Mr. Brian Fontaine. Jedi Scavenger SW on Twitter and Instagram. Beautiful. You guys can follow me over on Twitter at MrVoteTweets. Head on over to Instagram. Follow me at the official vote. Please also make sure to head on over to www.brickcityblockade.com for everything happening in a galaxy far, far away. You know the spiel. Do the stuff on your favorite podcasting apps. We're across the board. Subscribe, rate, comment, and also make sure to support us by picking up an epic t-shirt over on TeePublic. Support the cause. Support Rebels Recap. And once again, support everything happening in a galaxy far, far away. 
Thank you guys so much for listening to Rebels Recap. We're back in the second half here, and we'll catch you all very, very soon. And as we always say, may the Force be with you. Always. 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 We hope you enjoyed this latest episode of Star Wars Rebels Recap from the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. This is Robin Vogt, of course, the founder of the network, and I quickly want to say thank you, Freddie Prince Jr. Everything that you have done for this community has been heartfelt, and we feel it as the fans when we lost Kanan Jarrus this season. And we just want to say thank you for all that you've done for the community, spreading the unity is community message. And even though Kanan Jarrus is gone in Star Wars Rebels, we continue to look forward to what you're going to do with your career and to see where Kanan Jarrus' story continues now going forward. Because as we know, all stories continue even when we're gone. Thank you so much, Freddie, for all you've done for Star Wars, for the Star Wars Rebels fans, and for all of us here at the BrickCityBlockade.com podcast network. Thank you guys for listening. Please make sure to shout out Freddie in every single way possible because we love that man. And as I always say, and as we always say, may the force be with you. Always.